didn't know that was coming this morning. Greg taking a shot at me in my own house. How about that? Uh, I first want to thank Greg for the tremendous job they do as leaders of uh, this organization. You know, you can't compare any other conference to the SEC. It's really hard to when you think of the job that Greg Sankey and his staff do. We get to visit with those guys annually um, down in Destin, and their leadership is just impeccable. When you think about Steve Shaw and the job he does, I know you guys just heard from Steve. He does a tremendous job for our conference, and I got a lot of respect for those guys. Um, I'd also like to take this opportunity to recognize that this is the 150th season of college football. And when you think about that, you think about the impact that college football has had on the lives of student athletes, I think that's pretty incredible. I certainly think it's impacted my life, um, impacted a lot of kids that have been able to get educations through those 150 years. Pretty tremendous when you think about it. Also, the fifth uh, birthday of the SEC Network. I think that changed the face and the exposure of the SEC. I think the teams in the SEC are now able to go out and recruit nationally because of the SEC network, and it's been pretty remarkable to have uh, those two things in the same year. So this is a special year for the SEC and college football both, but it's also a special year in Athens, Georgia. Uh, so we're naming our field for Vince Dooley, who served as our head coach for 25 years, athletic director for 25 years. He's a legend in the history of college football and had a significant impact on the SEC as well. And uh, it's a special year for us in Athens since we're doing that. And he's meant a lot to uh, both my wife and myself in our careers. You know, confidence. Confidence is a word I think about a lot this time of year. Um, it's, uh, it's, confidence is not about speak, about words. It's, it's really about actions taken by someone. It's, uh, it's not given to anyone. It's earned. And that's something that we want to do with each and every year and how we build up the season. Um, it's year four for our staff and our program. That fact excites me that it's year four for us. Uh, I feel like we've made great strides in each season in the way we teach, in the way we learn, in the way we develop players. It's been tremendous for us to grow. Um, you don't have to have experience uh, to excel, but it is an invaluable teacher. Um, I, come into the, I came into this job after working in many different environments. Um, those each gave me good perspective, but I also acknowledge that the last three and a half years have been a great teacher as well. And those last three and a half years have been a tremendous experience for me. I'm grateful day in and day out for the players and staff we've been able to have at the University of Georgia, whether it's Roquan Smith, Sony Michelle, uh, Mel Tucker, guys that have been in our organization and gone on to do bigger and better things, they have helped put our program where it is. Um, you know, their contribution can't be overstated. UGA is a special place both athletically and academically. One of the themes our players have adopted this year has been to do more. It's a great theme because it's simple. We like it because we understand how close we've been to taking the next step. And although 24 and 5 the last two seasons is good, it's not good enough. It's not where we expect to be at the University of Georgia. Our mission is to bridge that gap. You know, by the actions we take, hence the word do more, those words require action. You know, and I heard a quote coming in here. I read a quote coming in this morning that really grabbed me, and I'm not a big quote guy, but when I heard this quote, I thought that that's something that our players can relate to. Life has no remote, 
you've got to get up and change it yourself. And if you think about that, so many of us want to take the easy way out, whether it's changing the channel with a remote or anything else, not doing the work that has to be done. We want to do more at the University of Georgia. We're not complacent in what we've done, and we know we need to take that next step. Um, and for us, pressure is a reflection of ambition. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves day in and day out. The stress and pressure we feel emanates from our building, from our coaches, from our players putting it on each other, from our university. We apply it every day. Um, we're always looking for the aggregate of marginal gains. And I want to explain that simply like we have to our players. We take a, a, a situation like the PGA Tour and look at 2017 in the PGA Tour and we say, here's Brooks Kepka and here's Justin Thomas. These two guys were 0.5 strokes apart, meaning they were half a stroke difference in their play over 86 rounds. So that's that much difference between each one. Their earnings that year, $5 million difference, which is pretty significant. It's a lot of money. But we're looking for the aggregate of marginal gain. So if we can get a little bit of a marginal gain through our nutrition, through our weightlifting, through our film study, through our effort on and off the field, through our dedication to our community, whatever our edge can be, we're looking for that aggregate of marginal gains, and that comes in every facet, every way possible for our program. I got three guys with me today. Um, this is the first time I feel like I've had these kids for a longer amount of time, being that I'm coming into my fourth season. Uh, J.R. Reed is a guy that's a repeat visitor. Um, he decided to come back. He's also a product of a transfer, which has been a lot of topic of conversation. Um, he's a kid that's come in our program and really been a great leader, been a starter. He does things the right way. He commands respect of the other players, and he, he's been an asset to our program. And, and his sister, ironically, is also a, a student athlete at Texas A&M, a track athlete. The next one, Andrew Thomas, one of the first guys we were able to identify and recruit early on. He's a communications major. I'm sorry, he's actually a sports management major. J.R. Reed is a communications major. But Andrew Thomas is a sports management major that is coming into his junior season. He started every game that he's been at the University of Georgia. Um, he's a tremendous leader, a person, charismatic. Doesn't say a whole lot all the time. That's why it's fun to bring him to this event. I told him today as we got off the plane, Andrew, you're going to have to talk today. And uh, I think he's excited to do that. Um, Jake Fromm, who we all know has been a um, tremendous asset for the University of Georgia. He, he leads the right way. He does everything the right way. He does everything you ask him to do. Um, he enjoys the game of football. He plays the game of football the way it should be played. When you go out to practice every day, this guy's got a smile on his face. He's competing. Um, he's challenging people. And he challenges me day in and day out. I know defensively we try to stop him, and he does a tremendous job. He's in our Terry College of uh, Business. He's a finance major. So uh, with that, I'll open it up for questions. All right, thank you, Coach. Uh, if you have a question, please raise your hand. Again, we ask you to stand, give your name and affiliation before the question. So we'll start up here, Coach, over on our left in the front row. Hey, Coach. Steve Moulton, WZZN, 97.7 The Zone out of Huntsville. The, the loss of Mel Tucker, uh, especially on your staff, if you could also speak to losing your offensive coordinator as well. How are things going to be different with different coordinators, both on offense and defense? Well, I think anytime you build the infrastructure in a program, when people leave, 
as long as you're not changing that infrastructure, it doesn't create a lot of doubt or anxiety in the players. And certainly from my perspective, I'm very comfortable after being in our system for three years that we've got really good coordinators. Uh, James, our offense coordinator, has been with us for a long time. I've known James since his uh, graduate assistant days back at LSU. So I have a tremendous respect for him. I know the, the offenses he's worked with in the past, and he's also been a part of ours. And he's been a very integral part of that, that offense. So there won't be a lot of change. It'll be more about what our players can do than what our coaches do. Um, and from a defensive standpoint, Dan Lanning and Glenn Schumann are very bright. You know, Mel was a really good teacher to them. Uh, Mel helped them tremendously grow. He gave them opportunities to grow, to get in front of the defense so that we could see them um, interact. And I'm still going to be involved defensively. That makes me feel comfortable with Dan and Glenn and, and Charlton Warren and Trey Scott to do a tremendous job there. Coach, will go all the way to the back right in front of me. Back section. Sam Blum with uh, AL.com. I'm curious kind of how you were able to get a guy like George Pickens. I know he'd been committed to Auburn for a long time and what he might mean for your program. Yeah, we're excited to have George. He's come in this summer and worked tremendously hard. He's been there from day one, grinding with our guys. He was a kid we recruited throughout the entire process. Thought that he, he came over to our place for several football games. Um, he knew what he wanted. He knew what style of offense he wanted to play in. He saw an opportunity when he was saw two guys declare early for the draft, and Miko and Riley and Terry Godwin leave, and then Isaac Nata leaves. There's a lot of touches uh, there available, and um, I know he wanted to have an opportunity to play with a quarterback like Jake Fromm. And um, we're excited to have him. We're looking forward to seeing him work and earn his opportunities. The coach will go over here on the right aisle. Uh, Reiner Saban with AL.com. Uh, given the fact that the uh, Maurice Smith situation happened uh, three years ago, are you surprised at how much the transfer landscape has changed? And do you think that situation got the conversation going? Well, I think Maurice's situation was maybe a little different than just transfer landscape. I mean, he was a graduate transfer, which I support when a young man graduates from a university that he should have the opportunity to go play uh, and play anywhere in the country that, that they're willing to allow him to play and they need him to play. And I thought that was a good situation for Mo. If you look at the overall picture of, of Mo Smith's situation, he was able to come in, be voted a captain, a leader, start every game and play um, where he may not have been afforded that opportunity um, where he was. So I think that's a very beneficial thing. And I do think it's been more prevalent, obviously, mostly at maybe a position of quarterback than other positions. But it's given a kid that gets his education, gets his degree, which I think is a tremendous ability to do that, that that's, that's tough. You go get your college degree and you get it in a window where you still have eligibility left, you should be afforded the opportunity to go play. Coach, we'll go back here to this middle section, about five rows back. Coach at Gentry Estes, Louisville Courier-Journal. Um, given the success you were a part of at Alabama, how important has it been for you in taking the Georgia job to feel like you'd be going to a school that was willing and able to compete financially at the highest level? And do you believe Georgia has stepped up its efforts in that area to, uh, to do more, as you said? Yeah, I certainly think so. I think anytime you take over a program that's one of the top five jobs in college football, um, they're going to answer the bell for your needs and the things you need to be able to compete at the highest level. And when you're in the SEC, you better be able to compete at the highest level. That's across the line of scrimmage. That's in the administration buildings. That's in what you can do for student athletes. Um, and we've been able to do that. Upon, since my arrival, and it's been a tremendous relationship between the athletic director and the president both. Coach, we'll go back to our left side. Bob, behind you. 
Uh, hey, Kirby, uh, Bob Holt, Arkansas Democrat. I, said, I, had, I had a two-parter. Uh, I think there could be up to five uh, grad transfer starting quarterbacks in the SEC this year. You obviously lost a, a great quarterback, not a grad transfer, but transfer. Uh, how, how do you feel? Do you see that trend continuing? How do you feel about that? And then the second part is um, you know, losing Jim Chay to Tennessee, a, a team within your division that you play every year. How do you feel about that? And the fact he obviously knows your personnel, knows what you guys do. How does that impact that, that game when you play Tennessee? Uh, I'll try to remember both those. Um, but the first being the, the quarterback, I think it's unique that you would have five graduate transfer quarterbacks possibly starting in our conference. And it's also a really good year of the quarterback in the SEC. It just seems, in my experience, having been in the SEC for a lot of years, whether I'm as a coach or a player, I don't know that there's been a year where there's been so many quarterbacks that have the experience they have. Now, some of them may not have the experience at that university, but they have experience. That's usually not a good sign for defensive coordinators in our conference, because I've been through that as a defensive coordinator where everybody's got a good quarterback. It makes it really tough, because that position determines a lot of the outcomes of games. Um, that's your leader and the guy that touches the ball uh, every down. Um, as far as Jim, Jim did a tremendous job for us. I got a great relationship with him. Um, he worked really hard at our place. He helped us develop to where we are. And we wish him nothing but the best. I know he's going to a cross, you know, our, one of our rivals, and we understand that and respect that. The fact he knows our personnel, I think that the game of football boils down to football players making plays, and there's not going to be anything that Jim Chaney or myself can do out there on that field that our players aren't going to control. Hey, we'll go to the middle section alongside the right aisle in the back. Connor O'Gara, Saturday Down South. Kirby, you've been around a lot of NFL quarterbacks. I'm curious just kind of where you think Jake Fromm stacks up and what do you think about him as an NFL quarterback, as somebody who's been talked about a lot in that regard this offseason? First of all, I'm extremely excited that he's our quarterback, that he's the leader of our program, the face of our organization, and a guy that uh, has given so much to Georgia, and Georgia means so much too. Um, as far as where he stacks up, you know, in the NFL, I don't think that's for me to determine. I think Jake's got tremendous ability. He's a leader. That's the first quality you look for. We had a guy come speak the other day to our team talking about the characteristics that scouts look for. He checks every single box on that list. Um, he's won a lot of football games. He's thrown touchdowns, and he hasn't thrown many interceptions. I mean, all those qualities that he has are going to give him a chance at success whenever he chooses to go to the NFL. Coach, we'll go back down here in front, second row. Drew DeArmond, WZZN Radio, Huntsville, Alabama coach. I wanted to ask you about uh, a kid from our community that's on your team. I know he was a little banged up last year. How has Monty Rice progressed? And then as far as the new staff, Dan Lanning and Glenn Schumann, do you, you, do you, do you want them to be more aggressive defensively this year for you guys? Yeah, first question about Monty Rice. This is a kid that uh, is a very good leader on our program. He works day in and day out, um, really does a good job in the classroom. He was banged up last year. Um, he's one of our faster linebackers, which we're trying to increase some speed at that position. And he's been very productive. When you look at what Monty's done in games, ability to make tackles and close on people, uh, we've really been excited about what he does. Um, I think defensively, it'd be coach speak if I sat here and said we don't want to be more aggressive. You always want to be more aggressive. but. You want to do it with what you have behind it in mind. We were a young defensive football team last year. We had a lot of guys from the previous season that were gone. We got a lot of guys coming back. We should be able to do some more things. We should be able to be a little more aggressive and, and given the opportunity to do that, we want to. 
Coach, we'll go back over to the right side on the far aisle. Coach, this is Clint Dumming with 103.7 The Game, host of Under the Dome with CD on Saturdays. Quick question for you. One of the big talking points during opening day, whenever Greg Sankey took the podium, was talking a lot about mental health of student athletes. What's your kind of thought process on handling athletes who are definitely dealing with a lot of struggles, more so off the field and maybe a little bit on the field? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, we, we actually discussed that at the um, Destin meetings, and I think Greg was at the forefront on it. Several coaches um, in our room discussed different issues uh, within their programs. I think it's uh, maybe not talked about enough. And we talked about the education of us as coaches on dealing with mental health issues. And I certainly think that it's beginning to show itself more and more in college football. And if you poll the coaches, it happens more and more where you're dealing with a kid that it's really tough on you to deal with. You've got to have professionals within your department, which we do at the University of Georgia, that do a tremendous job. Our medical staff, Ron Corson, handles um, all those mental health issues. And you, you can't do enough to help the young men be successful. And we want to be able to give back to them in that way. Coach, we'll go to the back of this middle section along the left aisle. Hey, Kirby, uh, Brooks Cabina from The Advocate. Um, you mentioned J.R. Reed, a transfer guy, uh, set out 2016. With the NCAA transfer portal rule right now, um, I mean, how much does that change roster building for you as a coach and just how you allocate that throughout the staff and kind of building a team now that it's inevitably here? And for players, you mentioned the graduate transfer part of it that you're supportive of. Um, you know, with the player that you have in there, and I mean, how, how do you see the, the NCAA transfer portal from a player's perspective as well? Um, I think from the player's perspective for the NCAA transfer portal, it makes it more streamlined. It's easier to uh, initiate contact with other schools. Um, it allows you at times an easier pathway when sometimes that may not be the best thing. Um, but the, the players have to decide that. And the, if the transfer portal's done one thing, it's made it easier for players to understand what they have to do to be able to go look and see other places. But they also have to be careful about the grass being greener on other sides. It's going to be very interesting to see how many people in this room report how many guys are in the transfer portal with no home to go to when the season kicks off. Because I venture to say there's going to be young men that have nowhere to go that lost scholarship opportunities that now don't have a scholarship other places. So that, that I think we're learning as this goes about, and we'll continue to learn and do the best thing we can to benefit our student athletes. Coach, we'll stay in this middle section along the right aisle. Uh, Murray Poole, Bulldog Illustrated. Kirby, uh, unlike recent years, you're opening with an SEC opponent, Vanderbilt, and on the road. Does that make preseason preparation any more focused or intense, or, or you would hope it would uh, with a lead up going into the conference right off the bat? Yeah, I don't think you ever take any opponent for granted, regardless of whether it's conference or not. I mean, that's our focus, and we, we work on ourselves in camp, but there comes a point when you've got to turn your attention to your opponent. We get to go on the road to Nashville to play a very well-coached Derrick Mason football team. I have tremendous respect for those guys and the job they do, um, and our guys will be focused on that game. Coach, we'll go right down here in front. Joe Bombo, SB Nation Radio. I apologize if this question's been asked before, but with you being so close to the national championship and not wanting to take that step back, um, how important is it for you to promote in-house with your coordinators? Well, I think that 
confidence is what allows you to promote in-house. And if I didn't have confidence in the men in the room, in the building, then I'd probably go outside and look and try to find the best guy that gives Georgia the best opportunity to win. But I think that we did some good things last year and the years past, and the men in that room were part of that. And I think anytime you can promote from within, it gives the structure of the organization hope. It gives the guy beneath that guy the opportunity that if I assert myself and I do good things, then I have an opportunity um, to grow here. I don't have to leave here to grow. And if you hire good people and you grow them, then you want to keep them in your organization. Coach, we'll go over to our left about three quarters back. Adam Sparks of Tennessee and Kirby back on uh, Vanderbilt. They have Vaughn, Pinckney, Lipscomb coming back. That's not typically the skill guys Vanderbilt would have in one year. What can you specifically say about what they bring to the table offensively? Extremely talented. I mean, we, I feel like I've played against those guys for 10 years. It just seems like they've been there forever. Uh, really talented players. And, you know, Pinckney's right, from right down the road from us and uh, know how talented he is. And he's done a really good job. And they do a great job offensively getting those guys the ball. Coach, we'll go back over to the right on the right aisle. Right here, Kirby, uh, JoeGoodmanNail.com. Are you happy to see Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma? And how did that uh, fourth quarter, uh, how are you going to use that fourth quarter to motivate, the, sustain, motivate the team throughout the season? Well, Jalen's done a tremendous job. Jalen was there when I was still there, and he came in right the last uh, of the – the time that I was getting ready to play Clemson while I'd taken the head job at Georgia. and I got a lot of respect for him and his dad, high school coach. He's done a great job. He's played really well against us, and I give him nothing but the credit. Um, what was the second part of that question? Yeah. Well, it's pretty easy. All you got to do is turn it on and see. But it's more than just that fourth quarter. It's a performance against Texas, which we weren't proud of. And we've got to grow and get better. So there's learning experiences all across the board. Going to Baton Rouge, tough experience. We didn't play our best game. We're going to have to go on the road in the SEC this year and play in some really tough environments. So the biggest thing we take from those is we learn, but we also learn from our victories. And we had quite a few of those last year, too. Okay, we'll stay on that right side in the same area. Alex Byington, Montgomery Advertiser. Uh, not to belabor the point, but you talk about taking that next step. Obviously, that means going through Alabama in the SEC. What's it going to take to kind of get past that and get over the hump? You've been the closest among really anybody in the SEC of doing that. Well, the next step for us, and I don't mean this to be trite, but is Vanderbilt. You have to get to that point because we don't have Alabama on our schedule. We know that Alabama has been very powerful in this conference for a long time. We respect the job they do. We've got a lot of respect for Coach Saban and his program. I probably wouldn't be here today if it weren't for him. But I also understand that we've got a really good program, too. We've been able to recruit at a high level. I'm excited about this team we've got coming back. And biggest thing is concerning ourselves with us and not concerning ourselves with somebody else. Okay, we'll go here in the middle section right in front of us. Hey, Kirby. Matt Baker with the Tampa Bay Times. You've been around Georgia high school football for quite some time. How much better have you seen that get over the years, and how are you as a program benefiting from that through recruiting? Yeah, I, I don't know that you could measure it in um – statistical gains because they only play each other. So it's not like you can measure it in wins and losses. I think you measure it in the quality of coach you get. And I think that our state of Georgia does a great job with educators. Number one, paying educators, paying high school coaches. And when you have a support structure like the state of Georgia Education Department, you're able to get the best of the coaches. I can't tell you how many places I go in the country to speak that they say, I would love to get a job in the state of Georgia. I got a lot of respect for the state of Georgia. Not necessarily just the talent of the players, 
but the structure of the school systems, the support of the communities of their football programs, and that's hard to beat anywhere in the country, and we're really proud of that, and it's certainly been an impact on our program. Okay, we'll go back left section. We'll go back over here to the left. Mike Bianchi, Orlando Sentinel. Coach, are you definitely, definitely for moving that Florida-Georgia game to home and home? And, and also, what are your thoughts on Gator fans sort of trolling Georgia fans on social media this, this offseason, considering the, the way you guys have handled them the last couple of years? I'm for what's best for the University of Georgia. And as a group and as a staff and as administration, and we'll look at that internally and make the decisions based on what is best for our student athletes and what's best for the university. Um, I don't get caught up in the emotion of this decision or that decision. I look at it from a perspective of 10,000 feet where I say, what is best for our program? And it's that simple. And we'll make that decision as a group and, and go with it. As far as uh, Florida's concerned, we really don't get caught up in that. We're really focused on us. We got enough in-house things that we have to manage that I'm not caught up in the um, affair with social media and trolling. Hey, Coach, we'll go in this middle section about five hours back. Uh, Andy Walsh from the Red and Black. Um, you guys have a lot of depth uh, in the offensive line this year. Um, are you getting a sense of what that starting five will be, or is it still up in the air? And then also, are you expecting a lot of rotation during the year? Yeah, it's hard for me to get a sense right now because I'm only able to see them, you know, work out and go out and lift and, and, and run with the strength coaches. So it's hard to measure that. Uh, we've got some really good competition across the board. The, the unique thing, we've got some guys who have started games who may not be starters. Some guys who have been starters who may get beat out by some guys who are rotational players. So I love the competition we've got at the offensive line. I wouldn't say that you ever have enough because we learned last year that you can have injuries at that position probably a higher rate than any other um, with the offensive lineman getting tangled up and with the, the war in the trenches. So we had to use that uh, to help us. All right, we'll go back over here on the second row. Bob? Uh, hey, Kirby. Um, Nick Saban's assistants or former assistants are like 0-16 against him or 0-something. I'm well aware. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think somebody's, because you know, it seems like half the conference used to coach for him. Are you confident somebody's going to beat him? You've obviously come close. What's it, what's it going to take to beat him? And then also, what's it like going against him on the, on the recruiting trail? Uh, am I confident somebody's going to beat him? It depends on how long he coaches. So it depends on how many opportunities they get. Inevitably, I think um, with enough opportunities, you know, everything can happen. But um, I got a lot of respect for the job he does. I got a lot of respect for their program. Um, the success he's gotten has been earned. Make no mistake about that. He's earned it. He's not one thing he asks his assistant coaches to do that he doesn't do um, himself. Um, and then as far as on the recruiting trail, I mean, he's like he is on the field. He's very relentless. He's active as a recruiter. I mean, when you talk to a kid, you know, a lot of times you find out he's talked to Coach Saban as well. Well, that's, that's part of it. It's communication skills that help you recruit, and he doesn't leave any stone unturned. Um, and I got a lot of respect for the job he does. All right, Coach, we'll go in the center section along the right aisle. West Blankenship, WXIA out of Atlanta. Coach, uh, could you please explain further the uh, decision and what went into Jeremiah Holloman's dismissal from the team? And for Jake, this is a unique challenge for him to kind of lead a, a wide receiving core that isn't as experienced and maybe talented, but they don't have the reps that guys had in years past. Second part of that with Jake was what? 
uh, his challenge of, of leading this wide receiving core that doesn't necessarily have yeah. as much starting experience? Well, I think he's in a position to do that. I mean, he's certainly earned that right to be the leader of those receivers. I think a lot of those receivers um, understand exactly what he wants. He's able to convey that in a positive way. Jake has an aura about him that uh, he, he, he rubs off on people. He has a positive energy that he rubs off on the other wideouts. I think um, he's kind of embraced this challenge now with this young group of receivers to, to grow those guys. But, you know, a lot of those guys have been on the waiting in the wings for quite a while because there was three guys last year when you look at Miko, Riley, and Terry that there were some other guys training and developing that whole time, and they're ready to jump to the forefront. As far as J.J., uh, we were made aware um, early in June, this June, that there was an incident. And once we were, we made immediate action to remove him from the team and very unfortunate. Wish J.J. nothing but the best. Okay, we'll take one final question over here on the left. Uh, Coach, uh, Price Everett from Alabama News Center. Um, you're involved in one of the, in the Deep South's oldest rivalry with Auburn. And seeing this is 150 years of college football, this rivalry has been going on since the 1870s, I believe. How does it feel knowing that Georgia is part of such a historic rivalry going into such a big uh, year for college football? It's pretty cool. When you think about that game, I don't think everybody knows the history that that game was played in Columbus for a long time. And um, it was a, it's a tremendous game. It's a game that's been very balanced. And you look at the history of the two schools, um, it's really incredible the amount of wins and losses on both sides. And uh, it's one of those games that no matter where you go in the state, people talk about the Auburn game and it being one of the oldest, richest traditions this year makes it that much more special. All right, Coach, thank you for your time this morning. Thank you, guys.